thanks so much for joining us. Why don't we start by telling us what's deadly science? Don't worry, you're not going to die. It's not some hideous disease. Um, I'm an Aboriginal man, I'm a Kamilaroi man. And deadly for us is a bit of slang, a bit of a play on words. I mean, something's cool or awesome. I mean, it's going to hit you. It's going to be deadly. It's going to be awesome. And that's kind of what it means. So deadly science is what you're doing now and have been doing for a while. And what exactly do you guys do with deadly science? What, what are you trying to get out there? For us Aboriginal people and for us Aboriginal kids, we often get a push towards art and sport. But our, our people are the first scientists. You know, we're the first astronomers. We're the first forensic scientists. If you get lost in the bush, the first people to come out and get you are the black belt. But, you know, we don't push Aboriginal kids towards science and STEM. And I found, you know, that really hard when I was a young Aboriginal kid growing up because I wanted to be a zookeeper. And the first, you know, the first book I picked up was Harold Cogger's Reptiles in Colour. And that book changed my life because it gave me an encyclopedic knowledge of reptiles and it, it gave me that passion and it led to my purpose inevitably. Teenage years are never easy, but for Corey, the challenge seemed to fire him up. When I had the teacher tell me, you're probably going to die early, probably going to go to jail, you probably should stick to a trade, find a job and then hope for the best. That was like sort of the advice. And, you know, I've always been someone that if I don't really agree with the opinion given, I'll seek further advice. I'll try and challenge that a little bit. And I, I did. That's the reason why I left school. So I didn't really want to be around people that didn't believe in that I was capable of doing things. Fast forward two years and Corey's working at a zoo in Western Australia. But there's a quest for something more. I was at a crossroads in my life as a young person and I, you know, I found it really difficult. You know, that love I have when I speak to you about the koala or an echidna or a blue tongue lizard, it was gone. And that's a very scary thing for a person that's really passionate to, to suddenly wake up and that passion is, is gone. I, I was very broken and, it, and cheering came at a point in my life where I probably needed cheering. Um, the funny story was, come home from the zoo and I was just like, you know, I'm earning my nine bucks an hour or whatever, or working for free most of the time. I was just like, you know, I just don't enjoy it. Like, it's just not worth it. And I opened up the Illawarra Mercury, which is the Illawarra newspaper, and I saw alpaca handler. And I'm like, well, I'm feeding a four-metre crocodile named Johnny, and I'm, you know, raiding crop nests, and I'm picking up snakes, and I'm like, an alpaca won't be too hard to handle or anything like that. I went to this guy's house and he's like, yeah, let's have a job interview Monday. I wore my best suit and um, if you know what it's like to come from a regional and remote community, your best suit's the most expensive suit of those. And I wore that. I wore my year 10 formal suit to, his, um, to this guy's house and um, I felt a bit stupid doing that because I I wore a suit to an alpaca shirt's house and he just looked at me and goes, I've looked at your resume, you start Monday. And I was like, oh, okay. so anyway, I get to his house on Monday. Again, I'm wearing the nicest shoes, like the nicest pair of jeans I've had. And I'm wearing a shirt, probably one of my favorite shirts to work in. The nicest of the nice. And uh, the first alpaca I went to shear actually headbutted me on the aisle side. And it was affectionately named Pikachu. And it hurt my masculinity a lot because it wasn't like it was a, an alpaca named Four or it was Pikachu and it broke my cheekbone. 
I could have rolled around on the, the ground in pain and cried, but something just told me to keep going. Um, I think it was more to do with the trauma of losing my mate that I, I really, like, I felt like I just needed to be resilient at that point in my life. If that wasn't going to work out, I had nothing. So, Corey, where did the seed for deadly science come from? I think the seed for deadly science was, was implanted in me probably from the age of four onwards. Because my pop, he always encouraged me. Even though he was illiterate, he couldn't read himself because he was never taught how to read. He always encouraged me to learn as much as I can. And he would sort of sit there and listen to me talk about animals. You know, he'd ask questions and he would always say, share with your sister and share with your cousins. And that's where the actual deadly science was really born. I really wanted to just talk to kids in my position and the kids just kept coming and then we just kept having these really awesome science yarns about space stations and bone in the dark mice, blue tongue lizards, you, know, you name it. And it really grew from there. The thing is, is that books are great and you can read them and they're, they're really good, but if they're just sitting on the shelf, they're a waste. So I really just wanted to get them out there and then it grew from that. It was a lot of long hours and perseverance. But all of this great work that Corey was doing was about to pay off because people were starting to notice. Once we set up the GoFundMe page, it kind of just exploded. We raised a lot of money for the next couple of years. I got nominated for things like the Young Australian Year Award, CSIRO, STEM Champion, all these really wonderful awards. It meant a lot to me. And these awards and these accolades are a responsibility. They're a responsibility to the thousands of kids across Australia that look up to me. They're a responsibility for me to wake up every morning, every day with a purpose to make their life a bit better. I think if Corey's grandfather could see him now and everything he's achieved, we'd be pretty proud that that young man has followed his advice and is sharing his knowledge with the world. Deadly science is really the good of everyone because first and foremost, scientists are good people. Science is creating hope. It might be the hope for the COVID vaccine, it might be a hope for a cure to cancer, it might be a hope to save if that's got extinct. Scientists are people trying to change the world.